Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The After Show. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode four. And today we're going to talk about socialism. Sorry, I can't talk. I'm still a little congested from the cold. Um, so I'm going to talk about the dangers of socialism. And so this is a very interesting episode. And do reach out. Let me know what you think about it as well. With this podcast, there should be a contact me button or message me button um, on my podcast website. And you know, message me with anything, everything. We love to hear from you guys. So I want to talk about the dangers of socialism because it is a growing concern within the United States. And here's why. So the United States was not founded by socialists. And we are not a socialistic society, even though we do have people that are trying to get us to be socialists. That is not the original design of the United States. And by far, that is not where we need to go in our country. So here's the thing. Within the United States, we have the Constitution of the United States, right? And that Constitution promotes democracy. Within democracy, you cannot have socialism because within socialism... You're placing your government basically over all of your citizens in a way that makes it very difficult for citizens to control their government. Whereas when you have a democracy, the powers with the people always has been and always will be. And also, even when you have socialism or these other forms of government, the power still is with the people, always has been, always will be. But within socialism... Citizens are just lulled into a false sense of security in that oh well government will take care of everything. Government will provide medicine. Government will provide jobs. Government will pay for our utility bills. Government will provide food, water and shelter. Here's the thing. Socialism has never worked and it never will work. And the reason why is that it's not a good form of government. The way that socialism works is basically You make your government your nanny and then all the citizens are kids of that nanny state. And that is exactly what has been going on in the UK I think since like the 1950s and for some stupid reason um the United King uh, United Kingdom became socialist during that time and that's when they started practicing socialized medicine. And I don't understand why. Um but I'll have to look into the history of that but needless to say You know, I'll give a good example of of the clear differences between having a strong um democratic, uh, I would say society and nation as opposed to a weak socialist nation. So if you go to there's a website, I forget what it's called, but there is a drug trial basically.gov website that lists all of the drug trials currently taking place um basically in our entire planet and you can look it up by country. I did that one time because I was kind of curious. Well, here's the thing, the United States, we have thousands upon thousands of drug trials going on and have been going on for a while, you know, looking to discover new and wonderful drugs. And then if you look at drug trials taking place in Europe, they are few and far between, especially in the United Kingdom, in Great Britain. And see, here's the thing, All these other countries where they have way less drug trials, they maybe have like 10 or 50, where I mean just for one chronic condition here in the United States, we may have like 900 or 800 or 200 drug trials going on to try and find a new drug to either treat or cure a condition. Whereas in the United Kingdom, they maybe have a handful of drug trials. Now here's the thing, I'm not surprised by this, but it's very disappointing. 
And here's why it doesn't surprise me. Socialistic countries do not have um, capitalism. They love money, and they love to take money, especially a lot of money, away from the rich. Because they think, oh, they don't deserve that money. It's like, well, how would you like it if you invented something, you have your own company, you make a lot of money, and then your government, because it's socialist, says, oh, you don't need that money. You know, we will decide you know, who is successful and who is not successful. That is why socialism fails every single time. And that's why it hinders the citizens from getting the help that they need. It actually hinders citizens from making more money. And it hinders citizens from getting proper medical care. And one reason why in socialized countries they don't have good, they don't have good medical care is because they don't have new medical innovations. A lot of what they do, they're just piggy, they are just piggybacking on what the United States does. Because, you know, hands down, the United States, we knock it out of the ballpark every single time whenever we invent something or we research something. Why? Because we have the money to do that because we are a capitalistic society. So if you really want to make more money, have better health care, have way better medicines, you know, be cured or treated for something, the last thing you want to do is be a socialist. You want to be a capitalist. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, although if you're a capitalist, you really should be a Republican. Because if you're a Democrat, then you're going to kind of have this jaded view that, oh, people should just all pay more in taxes. Well, the more money the government takes from you, that means less money you have. And so here's the thing. If you take way more money away from the rich and you punish them for doing really well, they're not going to have the financial means to basically do these drug trials that cost millions of dollars. So here's the thing. You know, it costs money to do anything. It costs money to run your dishwasher. It costs money to make a dishwasher. It costs money to build a car. It costs money to build an MRI machine. It costs money to invent a newer and better MRI machine. You know what I mean? Like, it costs something. Why? Because you're paying for someone's labor. And, you know, no two people's labor is exactly the same. But see, here's the thing. Under socialism, in a socialized country... They want everybody's labor to be exactly the same. Well, that is exactly what happened in communist Russia, you know, within the Soviet Union. And guess what? Everybody was poor and there was massive starvation because everybody that was a worker, basically everyone that, that did not work for the government, they were all pulled into basically the peasantry. So everybody was forced to be a peasant during the communist rule in, Soviet, in the Soviet Union. And there was massive starvation. There was no innovation. People hardly had any access to food, water, or shelter. They accidentally and stupidly drained some lakes. And the boats are still sitting there. And it was just horrible for these people. Horrible. But yet the government made all these promises. Oh, let us take care of you. We know what to do. Here's the thing. Government doesn't know the first thing about helping people. It does not. I mean, do you really trust a bureaucrat with your life, with, you know, with your medicine, with your health care, with your blood pressure, with your money, with your bank account, with your tax refund? Like, do you really trust them with all that? No. Here's the thing. I'm not a, con a conspiracy theory kind of gal. All I'm saying is that when, when you do not have control over your government and your government is really large, that's when you have less rights. That's when your freedoms are, are infringed upon. And socialist countries do this all the time, but they toot their horn that they have more freedom. There's not more freedom. It's actually restricted. 
but they lull their citizens into a false sense of security because you're like, "Hey, well, we're going to get you housing." Well, guess what? It's probably crappy housing, like Section 8. Like no one wants to live in Section 8 housing. It's you know, it's infested with crime and drugs and gang violence and I mean, the houses are horrible. Why? Because they're run by the government. You know, you're not going to live in a mansion if your government is in charge of your housing. The only way you're going to live in a mansion or in a really nice house is for you to practice self-reliance, take control of your life, enjoy your future, and go for success. But here's the thing: within socialized countries, it's very difficult to be successful, and only the few and far between actually make it to success. And even then. their success is dampened and hindered and restricted by their government that claims to care about them and claims to want to help people you know i've never you know this is probably going to sound harsh but i've never met a british person that had great health they always have horrible teeth they always have bad breath they always have these ugly moles on their face why it's because they don't have good basic health care They hardly ever go to the dentist. If there's a mole that needs to be removed, that you know, their their practitioners over there, whether they're nurse practitioners or doctors or medics or whatever, they're like, "Oh, just leave it there. It's not a problem." It is a problem. Here's the thing, folks. Basic healthcare and basic hygiene is this that. It's basic. It is basic. So, if a socialized country can't even keep up with what is basic, Why would you want to have that kind of healthcare in a very rich country like the United States? I mean, don't make that mistake. <laughs> you know, don't fall for their lies. It's stupid. You know, I'll give an example. I remember when Barack Obama, can't remember if this is his first presidency or second presidency, I can't remember. But um they were tooting their horn about Obamacare or something like that. I don't remember if it was voted in yet or not, but You know, there were many people that were speaking up about the dangers of socialized medicine and from other countries. You know, these people from other countries that lived here and other, you know, people from other countries that actually had to come here for healthcare because their country re- refused them medically, uh, how to say this, medically necessary procedures. And so because they were denied access to what they had paid for in the big uh, melting pot of universal healthcare, they had to fork up a bunch of money and come over here to the United States and get the healthcare that they needed and that they should have had back in their home country you know socialized countries they even deny young people necessary healthcare there is a court case i can't remember the name of this child but it was really sad there is this little boy I mean, there are dime a dozen with these examples over in the UK. Of course, we don't hear about them hardly ever. But um, there was a really sad court case where these parents, their son needed a medically necessary procedure and medicine, but because he was deemed not savable, um, he wasn't deemed as having a life worth living. And this was fairly recent. I would say, like within the last five or ten years or something, um, the government of the UK. within the regime of socialized medicine they thought their son didn't deserve to live because his prospects didn't look at look all that good so they didn't want to waste money which is taxpayer money they didn't want to waste taxpayer money on this child so they tried to take the government to court 
And then they're trying to look elsewhere to other countries to help their son get the necessary medical care that he needs to stay alive and to recover from the illness that he had. See, here's the thing. Do you think that child felt loved by his country or the government? I don't think so. Do you think those parents um regret putting faith in their medical system over there? I bet they did regret putting faith in that. See, here's the thing. Within socialized medicine, God is not your god. Your government is your god. You know, let me say this. Does, you know, if you cried out to God to be healed, do you think he's going to tell you no? And if you think he's telling you no, then you are completely wrong and you have been brainwashed unfortunately because God always says yes to healing because he loves his children. All of us are God's children. Whether you're Christian, atheist, agnostic, Hindu, Buddha, no Buddha, a Buddhist or Muslim. Every single one of us was created in the image of God. So here's the thing, when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you're not going to back down from your government. As I said in the previous episode, you know, when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you don't run from your giants. You you run towards them and you take them out. You fight them. Because if God before you, who dare be against you? And there may be some that are listening to the show, you're like, "Oh, I don't believe in the Bible." Well, you know, good luck with that. I don't believe in God. Good luck with that. You know, whenever people they say they don't believe in God, I say you you haven't been sick enough yet. You haven't cried out in pain yet. You haven't lost a good job yet. You you haven't lost your house. You know what I mean? Like here's the thing. When when people how I describe this? When people are happy or they they've kind of settled into a false sense of security, they don't realize what they're missing because they're 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 content with what they have, but they don't realize what's being taken away from them. And that is socialized medicine. Socialized medicine is very expensive, but they don't actually help people the way that they're supposed to. See, when you have a capitalistic society, you get immediate access to healthcare. You don't have to go through a bureaucrat or through Washington D.C. You don't have red tape. The only thing that can kind of hinder you is insurance, but even then, you can fight them. But see, here's the thing: if you have socialized medicine, you 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 can't fight your government like you can a, a health insurance company. This is why you should never put government in charge of anything like that, especially something as serious as your health, because you know your health. You know, it could be a life or death situation, which is exactly what was happening to this little child. And the government over in the UK, they could care less whether he lived or died. And his parents, they were fighting their government. They were fighting the healthcare system, the entire system in the UK to try and get healthcare for their or healthcare services for their child that also were available in the UK. The healthcare services were actually available, but the government thought he wasn't worth living. They didn't think his his life was worth living. It's like okay, healthcare is for the sick. When someone's healthy, when they don't have that issue, they're not going to the doctor saying, "Hey, I'm healthy." No, usually the only time you go to the doctor is when you need something or it's a checkup. So what's the point of having a healthcare system if you can't use it? 
or if you don't have access to it. Well, that is exactly what socialized medicine is. They don't want to spend any money on you whatsoever, and the worse your situation is, the sicker you are, the more they are going to drag out your diagnosis, the more they're going to drag out getting access to treatment and care. Because what they're doing is, sadly, they weed out the weak. Basically, they're hoping that you die. So within socialized medicine, it basically is a death panel. You have people who don't know you and don't love you deciding whether or not you get to live or whether or not you get access to health care that, you know, by all means, these bureaucrats, they definitely get immediate access to health care because typically they are on a completely different health care system. And even if they are not on a completely different health care system, they know who to talk to to get special permission to, to get, excuse me, to get special permission to get what they need. That's favoritism. Favoritism is rampant in socialized medicine, but it only is geared towards those that are in power. Now, is that right? Because it's the people that are paying for that system. But see, here's the thing. When you have a capitalistic society and you have, I would say, private pay and then you have, you have privatized health insurance, it's the patient that's in charge. It's not your government. It's not even the doctor. It's you, the patient. And if anyone tells you otherwise... They're lying and they're up to something and they're trying to pull the rug out from under you. Here's the thing. Your patient's rights are more important than what some stupid bureaucrat says or thinks in any government office. Because it's your health care, it's your life, it's your body. See, it's very important to be self-reliant and to take ownership of what God has given you, which is your health, your life, your soul, your future. And everything that's happening in the here and now. It's very important to take responsibility for those things. See, because here's the thing. If you don't take ownership of those things, someone else will take ownership of it for you. And then it makes it very difficult to get that ownership back. That's probably the biggest problem. Don't sell out your freedom. Don't sell out your options. Don't throw away your health care system Just because, you know, you know, th there was a fluke or something. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that there's so many frustrations within the current healthcare system that we have here in the United States. But the reason why it has issues, several reasons, and we will discuss this later in another episode. But one of the reasons why we have so many issues is because the government, the federal government, as well as at a state level, They have been doing everything they can for many years to try and take over our, to take over our healthcare system and to make it so it's not privatized. So that way the patient doesn't get to, so that way the patient does not get to decide anything. The decision making is only from the government. That's basically what Obamacare really shoved down our throats. We the government know what to do with you and for you. Or against you. Whereas it's actually we the people, in order to form a more perfect union, okay, so the power is with the people. It's not with the government because we the people, we own our government. We control it. We are funding it with our tax dollars. And even, you know, let, let's say you're retired and you're not working. You still are funding your government one way or another, You still have control over your government. Why? Because you still have a voice. 
You have workers' rights and you have voters' rights. It doesn't matter what your stage of life is. Your life always has value. So don't ever throw that value away and don't ever put the value of your life in someone else's hands. You know, I have a t-shirt that I found at Walmart. It's it's an exercise t-shirt and it says you are worthy. And when I saw that t-shirt, it really touched my heart. I was like, "Wow. I wish more people knew that they are worthy." Cuz I think one of the reasons why people cling to, I would say, just the stupid false promises from government is because they don't know that they are worthy of so much more. But the only way you're going to know that you're worth so much more is when is when you take hold of your life and you don't allow somebody else to manipulate you. You see in socialized medicine, patients are manipulated all the time, all the time. But the way that, you know, socialized medicine gets away with it is it makes all these promises, "Oh, well, we're going to give you free antibiotics." They're not free. Someone had to pay for them. Oh, we're going to give you free birth control. It's not free. Someone had to pay for it. Oh, you're going to have a free delivery. Basically, you know, you can either pay for the birth of your child or you can go to this hospital where where it's probably crummy and dirty, but you won't have to pay for it. It's free. It's not free. Those doctors and those healthcare providers, you know, they are getting paid. And the only way they get paid is when their government takes more money out of taxpayers' money. You know, this whole idea of universal free healthcare, it's not universal. It's specialized and it's not free. Like have you ever had have you ever heard the phrase if it's free it's probably too good to be true? Most of the time it is. See within universal healthcare, you know, they like to toot their horn that oh it doesn't cost very much and it's free. Really? So are these doctors and nurses are they working for peanuts? No. Their skill set is very specialized and they deserve to make really good money and most of them are, especially the doctors. Nurses I don't know, but doctors yeah, because here's the thing, you have to have doctors in order to have a healthcare system. You just do because you have to have people that have actually been in medical school and are licensed to either perform procedures, operations, surgeries and or write scripts. You know these healthcare providers, you know, it's not a volunteer job. It it it's their living. It's it's their job, it's their career. So if it's quote unquote free healthcare then then you shouldn't be paying the doctors and if you're not paying the doctors then you are stealing their labor you're stealing their income. So here's the thing, that's why privatized medicine is so much better. Because you get what you pay for. At there have been times I've gotten really sick and I had to go to the ER and yeah I got a bill but you know I know what I'm paying for. And I know what my health insurance paid for. And here's the thing, I know that I'm worth every penny. And here's another thing, one reason why healthcare costs are they cost so much here in the United States is because Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security, well, specifically Medicare and Medicaid and the VA, they shortchange our healthcare system all the time because our government does not pay its bills. So basically, If someone is on Medicare or Medicaid or they go through the VA and they go to a doctor that costs like 150 bucks a visit or something, I'm making this up, the federal government only pays them like $25 or $50. But those doctor's fees actually cost way more than that. You know, when a doctor's office says, "Hey, this is what it costs to see me. 
and for me to diagnose you, that is literally what it cost. But our government is notorious for not paying its bills. It cheats these people out of money, so our own government is cheating our healthcare system out of the workers' pay. They're cheating them out of their money. Because the federal government says, "Oh, you make too much money, we're not going to pay you, but we're going to send you a bunch of patients." That's called thievery. The federal government loves to get paid. You know, the, the, the federal government toots its horn about having a budget and then having the IRS collect taxes. It's like, well, you know, the federal government likes to get paid our money. How come workers out in real life, you know, they think our healthcare system that those workers don't deserve to get paid? The federal government doesn't pay its bills to these hospitals. The federal government, you know, doesn't pay doctors what they're supposed to be paid. Like who's cheating who? See, here's the thing. Our federal government has been behaving like a socialized medical care facility for a long time and no one calls them out on it. And it's very unfortunate because we are a capitalistic society. We are not a socialistic country. I don't ever want us to be socialized ever. Ever. And I'm saying this as a woman. It's like, you know, like You know, women tend to go to the to the doctor more because we actually take care of things as opposed to men. They wait till it's too late and then they end up croaking or whatever. But also, you know, like as a woman, you know, I want the best possible medical care. I want five-star treatment. Why? Because I'm worth it. And if I'm worthy of that health care, then so are you. But if you go along with socialized medicine and socialism in in general, You know, you are missing out on the very thing that you have been paying for through your taxes and through your health insurance. It is possible for everyone to have a five-star treatment. It is possible to receive five-star health care. But it has to be within privatized medicine and within capitalism. Because that's where you have competition. If you don't have competition, then the rates will never go down. See, our federal government, you know, we have laws here in the United States that monopolies are illegal. But look at what the federal government has created. They have created a monopoly within Medicare, Medicaid, and the VA. And then they think they don't have to pay the bills. But yet, they want to use those healthcare facilities and those doctors. Who's cheating who? The problem is not the doctors or or the healthcare providers or the hospitals. It's not the patient. It it's our federal government that's causing these problems. Sometimes our federal government causes you know th- this inflation that we're seeing. And unfortunately, whenever people see inflation and things like this, they they think the answer is oh more government, more government. No. No. Less government, less government. Hold your government accountable. Small government, larger private sector. That's what we need in order to combat this. That's how things need to work. We need capitalism, you know, we need consumerism, we need democracy, and we need it in its truest form, meaning not altered and not perverted in any way whatsoever. See, because the bigger your government gets, the more it controls, manipulates and sucks everything dry. Excuse me, losing my voice a little bit. You know, I I don't want to have a currency 
like what happened to Germany after World War II, although they deserved it, but their their currency was worthless after World War I and World War II. I don't want that. You know, we haven't even been fighting a serious war lately, and look at what's happening with our currency, price of gas, housing <laughs> housing crisis in terms of the the pricing. I kid you not. A house that used to cost 150k, it's easily 350k now. It's doubled. That's not right. People need to be able to afford to live somewhere. But they're not being given that opportunity or that option. And here's the thing, people think, "Oh, we need housing. We need to go to the government." No. Cuz the only thing that the government will provide is crappy section 8 housing. I don't want to live in that. I don't think anybody does. I've never met anyone that said, "Oh, I just love section 8 housing. I can't wait to live there. I can't wait to call it home." Everybody everybody knows it sucks. So if everybody knows that sucks, Why would you enable your government to provide more of that terrible service? I mean, it's ridiculous. Again, the government is not going to provide you with a mansion. If anything, they will take your mansion away from you. <laughs> so, and then claim to care about you. Oh, we're doing this for your own good. You don't need all that money. You don't need that nice house. I'm telling you, these bureaucrats, they're not living in shacks. They're not living in section 8. Why? Because they work for the federal government and they make a whole lot of money. So needless to say, you know, just because someone says they care about you and they are they are in political office, that doesn't mean that they actually do care about you. So just be aware of that. That's why it's very important to be self-reliant because when you are self-reliant as much as possible, you can spot these wolves a whole lot quicker. and you won't fall victim to their lies because you will be able to recognize that they're just trying to pull yet another fast one. That's typically what happens with these bureaucrats. They make all these promises, "Oh, big government is really good." No, it's not. It's horrendous. Look at what has happened in Venezuela, Honduras, the United Kingdom, Spain, Portugal, Italy, Great uh, Greece, uh the Soviet Union, communist China, um India. I mean, it's horrible. Big government is always the biggest problem. It is always the biggest problem. See, because here's the thing: the smaller your government is, the more the more prosperous your your citizens, your people, and your country will be. Not just can be; it will be, because when you have smaller government, your government is not taking the majority of your paycheck. You know what I mean? And you know what's interesting is that, you know, these people that work for the government, you know, they're not eating cream of wheat every day. I mean, even in communist countries like these government officials, they're living high off the hog. That is exactly what happened in the Soviet Union like whenever the wall fell. And they didn't realize there was so much starvation and like millions of people died. And so What's interesting is that the the government officials, you know, they had Mercedes, they were buying their wives diamonds and furs, but you know, everybody else was poor, sick or dying. That is what big government really looks like. That is exactly what happens when you over-enable your government to do things it is not supposed to do.
That's why small government is the way to go because you will have way more freedom and way more success in your life. I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.